Guys, I'm here to talk to you about our Patreon. Patreon.com slash Shades and Sketch. We've got all kind of great content for you there that you won't find in normal episodes. You can join and support the show for as little as $1 a month. At $5, you unlock all kind of exclusive content like episode voting, Patreon-only episodes, and exclusive artwork. On to this week's episode. Oh, hello. I'm Sketch. And I'm Shades. And this is Geeking Out with Shades and Sketch. Welcome back, long-time listeners. Great to be here. Um, Every time you join us, you join us in a different corner of the Geeking Out multiverse. Shades, where's the GoCo set up this week? Oh, Sketch. GoCo is set up this week, circa 1950, in Emotep's Casino and Nightclub in beautiful Hong Kong. It, we're getting our drink on... We got some... Uh, Playing a little blackjack, taking some, in a live show. Live show. We got large, uh, pillar-esque uh, statues all over the place. Very, very Egyptian in here, even though it is Hong Kong. Yes. Uh, so, I guess... If we're at Emotaps... If we're at Emotaps, we must be talking about... The, the Mummy, Mummy... Franchise? Y- universe? Universe? Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. Yes. That's really what matters. Uh, Sketch, do we have a theme song? Uh, Yes, I do believe we have a theme song this week. King Todd. He was buried with a donkey. Funky Todd. Oh, he's my favorite honky. Perfect. Perfect. We are doing wild and crazy, guys. Guys, we're doing more finger, finger guns. Makes, makes great, great audio. Audio and the 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 bar, the patrons of the bar, oh. erupting in applause. You're welcome. We're Please, here. You're embarrassing us. You're, we're here at least for a couple hours. So, <laughs> um, if we are talking about Brendan Fraser's The Mummy, yeah, we're going to obviously spoil Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. Uh, possible spoilers for the Scorpion King. Yeah, possibly. possibly. Uh, probably not. Spoilers but... for Egyptian mythology. Yes. Um, spoilers for... Um, Egyptian afterlife. It, yes. Spoilers for uh, Chinese sure. history and Maybe, culture. Yeah. Maybe, probably not. Um, I don't think you need to worry about us spoiling the Tom Cruise mummy movie, because personally, I didn't see it. I didn't either. Okay, so there you go. Team, team Brendan Fraser. All the way. All the way. Fun Guys. fact, yeah. uh, in like 1998, 1999, uh, Brendan Fraser did a, in like AOL, um, like, I guess it'd be like a, a Reddit AMA, mm-hmm. but it was on AOL in yeah. a chat room. And Brendan Fraser's screen name was Frendon Brazier. And no one believed it was him. But it actually was. It was actually him. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It was like on AIM, like good old AIM like days. In an, uh, like on actual AOL yeah. in a chat room. Oh, that's great. Remember, remember chat rooms? I, I do. Yeah. Uh, we're old. See, we're, t- we're already talking about ancient things. That's Guys, um, this, not only uh, is it a Mummy episode, long-awaited Mummy episode that we've been wanting to do for a while, this is our first uh, Patreon request. Yes, This it was is. chosen by our uh, Patreon supporters, so thank you. Thank Patreon you kindly, supporters. and uh, you're welcome. 
and uh, we were getting to it. We were we getting were, to yes. it because we yes. wanted to do the mummies. This just bumped up our timetable, and it I'm did. so happy it did. Yeah, me too. Um, so, Shades, you want to uh, tell us your history with the Mummy franchise? I missed this, the first installment in theaters. So the first Mummy movie, didn't see it, mm-hmm. was not a huge Brendan Fraser fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, I had seen him in, like, Encino Man okay. and Airheads. Okay. I love Airheads, and I love him in that, but then I didn't like his slapstick stuff. He had done, like, Dudley Do-Right and George of oh, the Jungle. yeah, yeah, he did those. And that was just bizarre. Yeah. And uh, I missed this when it came out, and I was, I had a, like, work-study job, but in high school. Yeah, in can the you li- remind me library. what year this came out? This came out, the first one came out in um, 1997. Okay. Okay, that lines up then with my memories. Yeah. And uh, I, I missed that. And so I, I had, like, a work-study job, but not really... In uh, high school at my uh, school library and the librarian was like you I think you would really like this movie it seems right up your alley interesting and let me borrow it and I loved it you from, loved it right, from, off the... right off the bat okay. I loved it and was all in and gleefully ate up the mummy returns do you see that when one in theaters I did yeah okay. when did that come out um 2001 okay okay I believe Mummy Returns. And then how'd you do with now guys, we're not we're not focusing on the Scorpion King, uh, because that kind of starts its own its own story universe. and its own yep. universe, even though it is of course touched upon in the Mummy Returns. Yes. Um but the, that would be the Rocks Mummy yes. series. We're sticking specifically with Bernard Fraser's. I series. didn't see the Scorpion King in theaters. When the Scorpion King came out for home release, they released the Mummy trilogy. Yeah, and they counted yeah, the Scorpion, Scorpion King it. as the third mm-hmm. installment of the Mummy. Yeah. And I wanted those movies. Yeah, so I bought the collector's set. I with also have the collector's set. And that was the first time I had seen the Scorpion King. I still haven't watched the Scorpion King. Not really a fan. Okay. You're not missing anything. Right. There's a great moment where an inexperienced Rock mm-hmm. punches. Um, oh, I'm blanking on his name. Papa Bear from Armageddon. Okay. Um, the original Wilson Fisk. Okay. Michael Can't Clark even... Duncan. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know guys. Wow. Guys. You're you're guys. getting to know these actors. I don't even know actors. actors. I don't even know actors. The Rock punched Michael Clark Duncan in the face because yeah. he was inexperienced acting, and they had a fight scene and knocked Michael Clark Duncan out. Oh wow. They had to stop production because like, Michael Clark Duncan seems like a wall. Exactly, and I'm pretty sure like The Rock fractured his wrist or something. Yeah. When that happened. Wow. But okay, but this, is, like, not this is not Scorpion the Scorpion King episode. This is not the Scorpion King episode. Um, but but because we're talking about the Brendan Fraser universe, we will also, of course, be talking about um, what's it called, Curse of the Dragon Tomb or something like that. The Dragon Emperor or the Dragons, the Dragon Tomb, the Dragon Emperor, the and Dragon something. Guys, we will get there. It is Oof. the third and the third final is... in the Brendan Fraser trilogy. The the Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. There you go. Um, so. Did you see that one? You, you probably, I guarantee you didn't see it in theaters. I didn't see it in theaters yeah. because it was so quick. And um, this was in the early days of Netflix. They, you know, I still had disc service with my streaming. Yep. It was still merged. Mm-hmm. And I ordered the Blu-ray because I had a P- PS3. Yep. Didn't have internet in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Couldn't watch it because the Blu-ray required an internet connection because there's some kind of weird special feature. Interesting. And I was royally pissed. Yeah. And so not a good experience from the start. And so you've never seen it. I have seen it. 
and I rewatched it for this episode. Oh, I thought you were going to say that you never, you never rewatched it, and and you were just going to rant exclusively on the fact the that you fact couldn't watch it. I couldn't watch it. Yeah, I mean, you know, if that were the case, that'd be a rave. I know we'd it would be believable. It would be for me very believable. Okay, my history with the Mummy is I did not see the Mummy in theaters, the first Mummy. I have very clear memories of watching it with my childhood best friend at his house. Oh, okay. He had the he had uh, procured the I guess at that point it was just VHS, uh, and we watched it and we loved it. Um, so then I think. I don't have very clear memory of this, but 2001, I would have been, still might have been working at the movie theater. So I do think I saw The Mummy Oh, you were definitely in, working at yeah, the movie theater in, in 2001. In the movie theater, because I was just seeing everything back then. Uh, loved both of them. Didn't even know Curse of the Dragon Emperor came out. <laughs> um, at some point, my wife and I found it in the um, bargain bin, bargain at, the bin at Walmart. <laughs> And we're like, oh, there was a third one. We should pick it up. It's like $5. Wait, do you own it? Yeah, I own it. So we <laughs> we picked it. It was like $5. I don't think I don't think we ever watched it. We sat down to watch it. Oh, you bought it. it. You never watched it until yeah, yeah. we decided yeah, to do we it. Yeah, we were like, oh, we should watch it sometime. Never we got around to it. We've this movie for a decade. We yes. should watch it. So then, you know, told her we were doing this for the pod. She was like, oh, I'll, I'll watch them with her. She loves Mummy and Mummy Returns. And uh, we both had like we've we definitely watched it. We've we definitely watched it. And then everything Consumed in it was large amounts of alcohol to forget it. Completely new to us. Like yeah. So we were convinced we never saw it before. We never bothered watching it. Um, but now we have. And so that's my it was history. all the shots from Emotep. Maybe could have been it. Could have been. So do you have some history on the actual? Um, oh my goodness! Because I really I want do. to unwrap these movies. <laughs> Okay. Uh, as early as 1992, Universal uh, wanted to produce a remake of their classic, The Mummy. Mm -hmm. And they were in talks with producers James Jacks and Sean Daniel to update their original movie for the 90s. Seven years, five directors, and six scripts later, we got the Brendan Fraser helmed blockbuster that we know today. Worth it. Some of the directors in between... Uh, Steven Summers eventually gave us this the movie that we know, but some of the directors that were attached to it at different point, points were George Romero. Okay. And his script and the elements of his script were the things that survived the longest and eventually made their way into the, the, the film. Mm -hmm. Wes Craven. Okay. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Yep. Mark Garris and Joe Dante were all attached to these movies at one point. And Steven Summers' approach for this movie was Indiana Jones meets Jason and the Argonauts. Have you ever seen Jason and the Argonauts? I've seen, like, scenes of it in, like... It's um, kind of like a Clash of the Titans. Yeah, and, like, cinema history kind mm. of specials. I've seen clips of it. I haven't seen it from start so to So that was, like, he wanted to make... Yeah, I, I see it. ...a B-movie for the 90s. Yeah. He wanted to... His kind of modus operandi was, like, I'm going to reinvent the B-movie and make it huge again. Okay. And I think he succeeded. Oh, absolutely. It is equal parts like camp with fantastic action and just strong dialogue. And, Edge and, of your seat excitement? Yes. Yeah. And th those are the all of the components of a B-movie. Yeah. Did a great job. Um, principal photography began in Marrakesh, Morocco on May 4th, 1998. Wait, is that right? So it came out in 1999, the first one, not 1997. Oh. Sorry about that. 
uh, and it concluded 17 weeks later in the Sahara Desert. Um, and UK on August 29th, 1998, and it came out on May 7th, 1999. So you're telling me that The Mummy filmed more th- scenes in Africa than Black Panther did? Black Panther, okay, yes. I just wanted to make sure yep. that I got that. Point. And right they now. had to contend with actual sands, like a lot of the sandstorms in the film mm-hmm. are real sandstorms. Okay. Um, they also created some of the sandstorms yeah. because real sandstorms don't, don't have faces. Co- well, they also don't cooperate well with direction yeah. and scene placement. So some of them are real, like the far away sand, like shots where there's sandstorms and haze. Sure. Those are real. And then they had to obviously create them, yeah. create them with press. That's, that's movies, guys. Yeah. That's movies exactly. and not Weather Channel. Uh, <laughs> Sketch, do you have a synopsis for The Mummy? You didn't ask me to do one. You want me just to spitball one? Sure. Okay. So um, there's these um, there's these mummies. No, I guess we should start all the way back in ancient <laughs> Egypt because that's where the movie starts. So there's this dude, the high priest Imhotep. Yes. And he is boning the uh, pharaoh's wife or, or, or favorite mistress, yes. I suppose. And uh, the pharaoh uh, discovers them and Anaxa Amun, uh, Namun stabs him to death. Yes. And uh, the guards catch Imhotep. Um, his his lover uh, kills herself because she knows that he will resurrect My her. My body is no priest. one's property. Yep, and she stabs <clears throat> herself. And then uh, they curse uh, Imhotep. With the hum die. And they bury him alive. The worst of all ancient Egyptian curses. And, uh, and then... Hilarity and hijinks ensue. Hilarity and hijinks ensue. Flash forward to the 1920s. And you get uh, an e- Egyptologist named Evelyn something and her brother, Jonathan, and they're British. That's all you need to know. <laughs> and um, they recruit the, uh, the, the, the scruffy, uh, you know, gunslinging American. Um, He's like a hybrid Indiana Jones meets T.E. Lawrence with a little bit of Han, Han Solo, Solo too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, who uh, Rick O'Connell played by Brendan Fraser. Uh, Brilliantly, the trio of them go on the the quest to uncover the book of the dead with their magi friend, our death. Yes, our death pops in from here from time to time, yep. and um, all the while th- uh, in pursuit by the mummy, which has been raised by a rival group of American Egyptologists, yep. Egyptologists. Uh, unleashing the curse upon the land, yes. and uh, to defeat him, they need to discover the book of life. And uh, send him back. Return to, his immortal soul to the underworld. Yep, to save the day. And it's 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 the quest to save the day. Perfect. Are we doing all of them? Uh, we'll, we'll... Do you want to go straight to Mummy 2? Well, just because do I scores? don't have specific raves and rants. You, okay, sure, give us the fine. scores and then we'll go Mummy 2. Sure. Then we'll do Dragon and then we'll just do our, our shit. The Mummy. The Mummy. IMDb. Yeah. 7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, that's fair. 58 critic, 75 fan. Metacritic, 48%. Fuck you, Metacritic. Google, 95% of Google reviewers love The Mummy. Did you do individual scores? I did not do individual scores. Um, I will give my individual, and then I'll average them together. Okay. Uh, I gave it a 90%. I love this movie. Okay. If I had to give this one a a score, a specific score, I'd probably give it a uh, 93. Perfect. Perfect. It's up there. All right. Mummy Returns. Mummy Returns. Okay. So, guys. So, I'm just going to tell it like I'm yeah. at a bar yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm here there at a bar. Go. So, 
Okay, so it's after the events of Mummy 1. It's like, uh, what do we say, five years, six years after? Yep. Okay. Um, Rick and Evie have gotten married uh, and had a child named Alex. And they are still uh, in Egypt because Evie is, I think at this point, she's the curator of the British Museum, isn't she? Yes. And uh, they... Or, um, no, I'm sorry, she works for uh, the uh, the Bembridge Scholars that she keeps going on and on about. Okay. Um, and they're, they're traveling all over the world on digs for them yes. to write about them. And so uh, they are trying to unearth some evidence of the Scorpion King, which is this... Uh, this mythological but based in fact egyptian ruler which we soon find the there's really no yeah. myth about the, was him was the scorpion king like brand new yes the like, mummy had 2 just was learned introducing the idea of scorpion king and then the next movie to come out was the scorpion king right and it came out very quick after right so this was like launching the idea of the scorpion king very smartly i think too yeah just making him like the focus of their research right um and like we as like western culture were had just discovered the scorpion king yes correct and they were capitalizing those. and um so what happens is uh they find evidence of the scorpion king and his bracelet alex inadvertently puts the bracelet on it will not come off at the same time another group uh led by almost like a, a cult of fanatics uh rediscovers the body of emotep and purposefully the, purposefully yes and the book of uh of death or life or whichever one they need to resurrect him right and their their big plan their big scheme they all want to follow emotep as their right. grand ruler their big scheme is to give him the power of the army of anubis which right. the scorpion king have spoiler alert you need the bracelet to get the army of anubis yeah. so it puts the two groups at odds with each other um evie is kidnapped yes. by this group rick jonathan and alex and and um, our death, our death joins the joins the pursuit, and they uh, they track the group all over. I almost enjoy this one more. You know, it's right up there with it. Me. Is it's right up there with almost me. Uh, along the way. They they find out that uh, Evie herself is yeah. is spoilers. Reincar- oh yeah, spoiler. We already get the spoiler. Evie herself is the reincarnated soul of the princess, the the, the king, uh, the, the king Pharaoh's who was murdered. Daughter, the fir- yes, yeah. and um, Nefertiti, Nefertiti. And uh, Rick O'Connell is like a descendant of the Magi. He is a, he is a Magi. He is he is a ma- yes. Magi, and he he doesn't believe in it. But right. it, it, basically, fate has he has chosen a tattoo of like the Magi yeah. like symbol yeah. on his wrist that was not there in the first movie. And so uh, the first uh, task is to rescue Evie, and then the second task is to put down the Scorpion King, and then the third task is to not die. To, to well, <laughs> not die is 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 there the whole time? Yes, not, not die the whole time. Uh, third task is to put down Emotep for good. For this good, time. yes. Uh, the Mummy Returns Sh- began shooting in May of 2000 and filmed through September of 2000. ILM again provided the bulk of the effects, and it's more of the same, only without as good a story and an annoying kid. But at least our characters continue to grow. Yeah, giving us a scores. The Mummy Returns. IMDb, 6 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, 47%. Critic score, 63%. Fan score. Metacritic, again, gives it a 48. Google, 92% of reviewers like it. I gave it an 80%. I gave it a 90. Okay. I it, For me, it's a rare instance of a sequel that holds up to the original. Yeah. It's not as good as the original, but it's damn near close. It really is. It's uh, It very much is like Raiders, Temple of Doom. Yeah. 
uh, my what killed it for me and took me out is, uh, and I I've, I came up I figured out why the effects are not as good as the first movie, and I I couldn't figure out why. And ILM was working on the Star Wars prequels by that point. I have, and so they were they d- were not able to allocate the resources. I have some thoughts as to why I like it less, but I'm going to save that for rants because okay. it it peppers into my rants. Uh, but sure. it, it is up there. I think it is a rare instance of a sequel. Yeah, really holding up to the original. Yep. The, the downfall was in the production of Mummy Returns for me. For me, it was a little bit in the writing, it. but we're getting there. The the writing also. Yeah. We're getting there. I mean, I put that right in my and then review. We have Tomb the, of the Dragon Emperor. Tomb of the oh, Dragon boy. Emperor. Oh boy. Oh, am I doing the synopsis again? Yeah. Okay, now it's like 20 years later, 30 years later. It is... Uh, it's like in the 50s. Alex is 19. Oh, well, that doesn't Oh, I have sense. when they take place. Um, damn it. I wrote down when they all take place. All right, place. you look at it. I'll, I'll talk about the okay, synopsis. Okay, great. So, uh, Rick and Evie still married. Alex has gone off to college and has kind of, kind of become a man. Um, uh, how do they get involved in this? It is post World War Two, yeah. and Evie oh, the government and Alex comes were spymasters, yes, yes. and they want them to return an artifact that was to so, China. So dumb, but I'm not yes, going to uh, pass was. judgment yet. Yeah, so they they used to work for the government during the war, and so the government comes to them wanting them to return uh, an ancient artifact to China, uh, which they do. Uh, once there, they meet up with Jonathan at his bar, Emoteps, because he wanted away <laughs> from Egypt, away from mummies for the rest of his life. Um, they also cross paths with their son, Alex, uh, very fortuitously, who they didn't know had kind of given up on his studies and was following in his father's footsteps of being this Brazen explorer. And uh, they kind of get roped into this uh, plot to reincarnate the, uh, or I guess, release the f- the old dragon emperor yes, from his the curse. first emperor of China. Very powerful, mystical man. Uh, who was cursed by a witch. Him, he and his army were cursed and uh, turned into terracotta soldiers. And um, a, 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 fact, a faction of the current Chinese government military is trying to bring the emperor back uh, because he was such a powerful militaristic emperor. And um, the O'Connells have to put down yet another mummy. Right. A not mummy mummy this time. In China with a... Um, 1948. In a, in a Chinese um, place. woman who is the daughter of the witch that cursed the guy in the first place. 28, 32, and 48. There you go. Are the dates for when these movies take place. And that was a great synopsis. 28 and 32? 1928, 1932. I call bullshit on that. Or, or, I'm sorry. Uh, 1928, 19... It had to be later. 36, okay, thank you, because Alex is not four years old. And 1948. Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. Yeah. And Alex is supposed to be 15. In what? In Dragon Emperor. Oh, that's bullshit. Uh, We're getting is. there, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course, for Dragon Emperor. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. I have the cost for all of these two, which is very interesting. We'll get there. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Uh, IMDb gives it a 5.2. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 13% critic score and a 30% by the fans. Metacritic gives it a 31. I think you're right on there, but guys. And Google reviewers, 83% of them like this movie. That's like one of the lowest Google review movies. We should honestly call 80% a Google zero. Yeah. I gave Tomb of the Dragon Emperor a 
25. Yeah, I mean, I again, I didn't do that individuals, is, but I would, I would only, give it... That is my second lowest. My low, That's uh, only surpassed by Batman Ninja. Oh, see, here's what I got to do. I got to figure out what I've done. What did I give Ghostbusters? Answer the call. Yeah. Ooh, uh, so like 40, right? Yeah, you had to bump it up because you had given Batman Ninja like a 30. Oh, so really boy. Like, oh, boy. I would watch Dragon Tomb over Answer the Call, so right. I'll give this a 42. Okay. That's fair. Um, but if I, and I didn't do the math because I just came up with right, these individual yeah, yeah, yeah. scores. I gave the whole trilogy an 87 because I, I love The Mummy. I gave the whole trilogy an 85. Yeah. yeah I, it's I love great. It. Yeah. And uh, I love the characters. If you, can, if you can ignore Dragon Emperor, uh, you got you got a real gem on your hands. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you, do you want the cost of these? Yeah, let's do the cost. Okay. So The Mummy. I'm oh. not going to make you guess. You hate guessing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mummy cost $80 million to make. Okay. It grossed $416 million. That is a success. That is a success, yeah. yes. Okay. The Mummy Returns cost $98 million okay. and grossed $433 million. Still a success. Oh, yeah. Tomb of the Dragon Emperor cost yeah. $145 million where, to make. Where is that money? Yeah. Excuse where, me. Where is that movie on the Excuse screen? Excuse me. Knock, yeah. knock, knock. Hello. Uh, where is that money? That is in Brendan Fraser's weave in that All movie. Right. I guess so. Did not it did not look good. All right. I don't know what? why they tried to make him look so young in that movie because he was supposed to be older. So young. Uh, anyway, the uh, it grossed four hundred and one million dollars. Okay. Still a success. A success, yeah. Um, there was a fourth movie in the franchise planned, but Universal opted to reboot it reboot with. Tom Cruise, who was originally in talks, along with Sean Connery, Tom Hanks, and someone else that I can't remember, to originally play Rick O'Connell. Interesting. And I, I think Universal, you made a huge mistake. Someday I will actually watch that Mummy movie. I will, Someday. I will sit down and watch it. Someday. Um, but but today is not that day. No, it is not. So, um... Okay, so all three were a success. I'm, I'm happy to hear they were a success. And we'll get to my thoughts on Dragon Emperor. Do, do you just want to talk like this universe before we get into Rants and Raves a little bit? Okay, what do you want to say? I, I just, Seems like you have something you want to say. Well, I was just astonished going back to it. Um, like, hey, Brendan Fraser is a great fucking actor. Yeah. And uh, not that I didn't think he wasn't, but he kind of has this uh, like uh, slapstick kids comedy reputation. Yeah. Uh, and then he disappeared from Hollywood for a long time. Honestly, and he, I don't think I ever saw anything else Brendan Fraser's in. Like really? all those like kid movies. I didn't. I Blast never from saw the Past, Insano Man, none no, of those? No, no. Okay, wow. No. So I like, to me... Looney Tunes back in action? No, I don't think I saw that one either. No. no. It wasn't Taylor Leone. It was uh, Dharma and Greg. Who is she? Can't think of her name now. Dharma? Yes, but obviously. Yeah. But I can't think of the act- um, actor's name. Nope, didn't see that. I really think to me, Brendan Fraser is just Rick O'Connell. That's like yeah. the only role I've ever seen him in. And he's fantastic in that role. He really is. And uh, I I mean, you you believe him. Mm-hmm. He makes, he's charismatic. He's charming. He's tough. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's not, you tell someone they're going to be in an action movie and they go overboard. They're like they, they do the Hugh Jackman or The Rock. Yeah. No, he was like an everyman, believable action hero. He's and I a love great that. predecessor to Indiana Jones. Yeah. He really is. Yeah. And even even Harrison Ford in like Temple, they got him to like 
bulk up and take off his shirt. And I like one of the things I noticed about this, he never, he never does that. No, nope. he, they never go that route with him and he's nope. charismatic and tough and you, you feel for him and he's able to put it all on screen mm-hmm. with what's on the page and just his technique. Yeah. He's a great actor. Yes. And I just want to say that because Brendan Fraser is, is now just starting to like reemerge in Hollywood in a new Hollywood. Um, and his story is really, really sad. If you, if you read what happened to him oh. in terms of like, this gonna bum I, me I'm out? not going to go into it on the pod. Oh, um, okay, if you're good. interested, like read where Brendan Fraser's been for the last, uh, decade and a half, 15 years, if you want to. But one of the things that happened was he, Brendan Fraser did all of his own stunts in this movie. Wow. And by the time they got to dragon tomb emperor thing, he was like held together with duct tape, braces, ice, and ibuprofen. Wow. Like he really destroyed his body doing these movies, doing his own stunts. And uh, I think it looks great on film, but it's really unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and the other thing uh, that I really wanted to talk about with, um, it, it just holds up so well. It really does. The special effects. And part of that, I think, was ILM started working with Arnold Vosloo, who plays oh. Emotep. Yeah. Six months before they started filming to capture him in digital. Yeah. So like whenever the, in the first mummy movie, everything works and lines up so well. Like when he's a mummy, it's actually, they've deconstructed his face and his body. I remember learning because they mapped his whole body that, um, this, the, the mummy movies was some of the earliest, uh, motion capture. Yes. And it looks the first one in particular, the second one, it falls down a little bit because sure. they didn't ha- they didn't do that six months of, of time with yeah. Vosloo. And I don't know what the fuck they were doing with the rock at the end of that movie. Um, we'll get there. We're getting there, guys. But six months that he, you know, essentially stood on a green screen and allowed them to like take um, reference photos of his every part of his body so that when they every built. Every part. Yeah, essentially. I know. That's what I said. And every part. You said it creepily, like every part. Just how I talk. It, it is. Just how um, I talk. And so when when you see his like decayed musculature yeah. and the bones of his face and his teeth and his nose, they have digitally peeled away his flesh. So you're actually looking at the bone structure of Arnold Vosloo, yeah. which is just unthinkable. It's a lot of work. It, it really is. It pays off. And, you know. We've talked about like practical, the marrying of practical and special effects. And there's so much of that in these movies. Yes. And I, I, I just love that, you know, an actor cared enough about his craft to essentially not work on another movie while setting up this movie. Yeah, while preparing for this You don't movie. hear about that a lot. Yeah. Like <laughs> we're going to talk about a movie in, in an upcoming episode where it's the opposite of that. You couldn't keep these actors on set long enough. So um, are we in raves? Are you raving? I'm kind of, ra- I just wanted to geek out a little bit about it because it's it's just such a start, crazy you're, world. You're, danger- you're starting, dangerously starting to rave. I am. And I just want to say these, the first two mummy movies are movies that start on seven and a half minutes of ADR explanation. And I don't care. No, no. And you, it works you don't, so well. You don't care about it because they're not, it's, yes, they are exposition about what happened in the past. Seven but, and a half minutes each. That but, is on par with like Lost in Space movie. But you're watching the story play yes, out. And that's why I didn't and, care. And so, yes, it's exposition, but it's really just narration over scenes that you're watching yes. take place. In in very well put together, um, like settings. Yes. Like if you think of the first mummy, 
the, those first seven and a half minutes take place in ancient Egypt. Yes. And it's the only time we're there in ancient times. And but they dressed the hell out of that set. Yes, they did. And it was completely believable. The CGI as you're coming yes. into the city, everything looks great. They and they if, took the care in that seven and a half minutes that they took for the entire rest and of the you, movie. You get the feeling that whoever built those digital scenes, like both movies start in Thebes. Thebes has nothing to do with the story of these movies. They both like are set in Hominoptera. Yeah. And, but you just get the sense that these guys loved Egyptian history yeah. and just wanted to like build Thebes digitally. Yeah. And I think that's awesome. And it's and great. It looks great. And um now that's not that's not a rave. I just, this is just me geeking out about the movie. Well, it it, it peppers into my first rave if I if I So can, let's yeah, let's I, start. If I may. Start with raves. Um both stories. Both stories. And I am yeah. talking about the the 20s 30s story and the ancient Egyptian story of Imhotep. The 1930s and, uh, story. Not 2030. Oh, the 20s yeah, yeah, yeah. and 30s story and of, the, 30s of the first gotcha. of the first two and then and what then happened in ancient, ancient Egypt. Egypt. Yeah. It was oh, a, yeah. it was a well fleshed out story in Egypt and it translated into uh believable motivations yes. for our our villains Strong in, agree. in the we'll just call it the present even though it's not our present we'll call it the Strong present agree. part of the movie. Strong agree. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, my first read the actors especially Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. Uh the characters they really put themselves into these movies they're on par with Indiana Jones particularly um like Raiders. And I already talked a little bit about um Rick hybrid Indy Han TE Lawrence but Evie's kind of a Marion but but earnest and and bookish love Evie. She's so um, like naive and innocent, but just like knowledgeable and and the way like Rick has like the the muscle mm-hmm. and Evie has the brain and um, she is able to like save and rescue him with her intelligence and he is able to save and rescue her with his strength. But neither one of them at like he is also knowledgeable, but defers to her on. On archaeology, like I know my treasure. Yeah. So he's he's knowledgeable of it, but he still defers to her, and she's not afraid to like jump into the thick of a fight. No. She can't handle herself in the fight, but she'll jump in there, and she never like runs away from the the fight or needs to be protected. In fact, one of my favorite sequences is the riverboat. Uh huh. I love the whole riverboat scene. Riverboat's a great scene. Um, where he's reloading. Yeah. And uh, they're they're shooting through the boat at him, and yeah. she like grabs him and pulls him over to the side yep. where the bullet would have gone through his head. Um, her Rick, room's on fire. She like goes back to grab the map and is like, "I'm forget it. I'm the map. We don't need the map." Rick O'Connell lives in the present world. Yeah. Evie lives in the past. Lives in her books in the yeah. past, and they need each other. Yes. Uh, not only to find this treasure, but to survive this it's, ordeal. You know, it's very much similar to what we were talking about in Castlevania, that relationship yeah, between is. Trevor it and Sypha. It, it is, uh, it's an even relationship between the two of them. I mean, in one of my favorite parts of The Mummy Returns sure. is their relationship. Yeah. I mean, I wrote down that they are relationship goals. Yes. In Mummy 2. Yep. Um, you see that Rick has picked up on some of this stuff. He's more civilized. He's more cultured. And you he's see more that respectable. Evie can like handle a gun. She is a total badass yeah. in the second movie. I th- someone says to her, "Where'd you learn how to do that?" And she's like, "Oh, my husband." Oh, my husband. Yeah. So it doesn't end in Mummy One. Mummy One. Mummy One is them 
meeting each other yes. and and uh, you know forming an attraction. But by by Mummy Two, this time has passed, and you can see that they have a a strong, yes, stable marriage. Marriage, yes, and their relationship goals. They are. Yep, and 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 um, parenthood goals too. Yes, in two. Because yep. the way they care about and raise Alex yes. is is parenthood goals. It is. Oh, they're great. They Rick are. O'Connell also able to catch a knife thrown by the blade. Yes. And, and throw, throw it, it back, back at lethal at le- force. Yes. That's pretty badass. It is very badass. Yeah. Well, let's talk, let's talk about other um, characters because... Uh, our death. Love our I death. I love our death. Here's a little fun fact about this, our death. This is my first bus ride. That this is, is the first best line ride. of the entire it, trilogy. It is. That is this the is my best first line. bus ride. This was my first bus ride. Um, oh, I love our death. Big so much. rave about the second movie. Uh, is they the gave actor our is Oded Fair. Yeah, and the, he's fantastic. You might remember him from uh, Deuce Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Oh, he was the he was, he the, was gigolo. the gigolo. Oh, yeah. good for him. Um, if you also, if you watched Charmed, I, he was like the big bad villain through the later series of, of the original series of Charmed. The biggest, guys, I watched Charmed through, you can't, you can't hurt me. The biggest watched rave it. of, I don't even know what Charmed is, so I can't even. It was a great series. Okay. Um, my biggest rave for Mummy 2 is that they give our death a bigger role. Yes. And he's yeah, with yeah, the yeah. group more. He's in Mummy 1, but he's kind of like this. Um, side character, you don't know if he's good or bad. Right. He's he's also in pursuit, and you find out later it's because he's trying to protect yes. uh, the mummy to keep him buried bad, forever. Badly. Yes. Badly. Badly protect the mummy. Yes. Yeah. But he's not alone. He's part of the Magi. He's part of this. this <laughs> yes, the, the Magi are We can't put it all useless. on him. Um, well, only in that movie. You, you could argue that for centuries they've been very... They are also useless in Mummy Returns. Are they useless in Mummy Returns? Can we see if I no can find way. They, yes. Mummy Returns. They go toe to toe with the army of, yes. of Anubis. However, and they take them down. Should I just? I, it is a rave. I did I, a rant. I did save it as a rant. Should I just read it now? Sure. To refute your point, the Magi are terrible at guarding Hominoptera. They stand on or near the edge of a cliff and allow people to just walk in and out. They never explain why they do what they do. Only until after three encounters with a person do they mention the mummy and why they're protecting it and the danger. They tell everyone their mission after it's too late. And they have an army, large, like the largest army on planet Earth that they do not deploy, that they just march around the world instead of just waiting in Hominoptera with that giant army to kill anybody who approaches it. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you. Yes, they tell people only until it's too late, but that's because, I mean, the biggest thing that they're hiding here is the knowledge. Yes. And if they're going to address people, it's going to be that classic, uh, I could tell you, but then I'll have to kill you kind of thing. They have to know the person is trustworthy, and I really think that Rick O'Connell and Evie and Jonathan are the first outsiders ever to learn that's, the secret. That's fine. However, they have a Helm's Deep-sized army. Mm-hmm. It was bigger than both... The French and the Desert Raiders in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Kill them all. Mm-hmm. Secret protected. Mm-hmm. Done. Anyone who goes to Hominoptera dies. That's the legend. Mm-hmm. E- essentially, everyone walks out of Hominoptera. Mm-hmm. If they had that army the whole time, just wipe, wipe out anybody who approaches. Okay. I mean, Emotep you... is never raised. The Scorpion King. Uh, it, it, everything's fine. I guess. Or they knew where the bracelet was. Mm-hmm. Station your giant army there. Mm-hmm. 
kill anybody who approaches. No bracelet, no army of Anubis. We're going to have to agree, disagree on this point. Yeah, I, I uh, Long time I, listeners, I disagree. if you agree with uh, Sketch, tweet at go for Sketch. If you agree with uh, me, tweet at go for Shades. Yeah. I, Let us I know which one of us is right. If you especially watch them fight the army of Anubis, they are incredibly capable. They're capable fighters, yeah. but they're terrible at their job. Of protection? Yes. Uh, and th- that's where we'll have to disagree. Cause okay. Because they've been doing it for 2,000 years. Emotep is raised twice in the ska- scheme of six years. Okay. All right. Let us know, longtime listeners, which one of us are you with? <laughs> Tweet at 2,000 go- years of success or six years of failure? Uh, they also what failed, defines They it? also failed to protect the, the king, the pharaoh. They were Pharaoh's guards, the Magi. Yeah. They They're the ones who cursed Emotep in the first place. Yeah. And placed the Hamdai on him. Yeah. That was stupid. But that's but that's your point. That they, <laughs> they should they should act proactively. Well, they, they were did proactively. They were terrible at their job. They did act proactively, and then they go, oh, that backfired. So then, now they're just in the shadows. I, I, I don't follow you on that, but we'll let the listeners decide. Okay. All right. We're in raves anyway. Let's keep going with raves. Is it my rave or your rave? Oh, well, I was talking about characters. Oh, yeah, let's keep talking about characters. Talk uh, about Jonathan. Death. Yep, Jonathan. Ah, oh, brilliant. I love Jonathan. He's like a perfect combination of like uh, Stan Laurel and um, Teller, the silent one, Pet and Teller. Oh, sure. You're going to call him Teller? Yeah. Okay. Because like he's got like the the kind of like rubber, rubber bone, like physical comedy aspect. And you're saying that's Teller? Isn't Isn't Teller like the one that's always like... Firing, firing the bullets and like no, up he's the he's usually the punching the punch the punching yeah 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 the punching bag yeah. right yeah catching okay. the he's catching yeah the he's bullet. the one catching yeah. the bullets yeah, yeah 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 he's the punching bag okay sure sure um I think again he's hilarious I love him really strong decisions going into Mummy Two when they um when they paired Jonathan up with Alex with Alex brilliant that was that was a very smart decision yes um and Alex is far more capable than Jonathan. Yes, and braver than and Jonathan. And braver than Jonathan. And knowledgeable than yes. Jonathan. Uh, but Jonathan's the adult. That's like yes. all he has on him. Yep. Is that Jonathan's the adult. And so Alex kind of uses him just like as his like in. It's very much like a Calvin and Hobbes type sure. thing. Sure. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. And Alex honestly, I remember strongly disliking him when I first saw the movie. Yes, I liked and him a lot better. I liked him when I rewatched I, I, it. I thought, oh, he's not as annoying as I remember him being. Yep. Um, there are more annoying kids in movies. And they used him... He was a major part of the plot, but they used him minorly. They, yeah, they used him very sparingly. Yes. He, that he, was very smart. He was not um, Anakin Skywalker. In, in, yes! In, that in, you, you nailed it yeah, with that. He is Menace. not Anakin Skywalker. So In the uh, Phantom Menace. The last character I'll bring up is Emotep himself. Odette Fair? I'm sorry, um, no. Arnold Vosler. Yeah. yeah. He was great. Yeah. Oh, Great wow. villain. And he speaks Egyptian the whole time. Yeah. He's just a really... He is a great villain. Good villain. Very menacing. You get it. You get why he's doing what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Um, heartbreaking at the end. Like, oh, his, his final end. I so bad. Oh, when he... When he... Like, looks... You know, when... What you were saying, the relationship goals of, yeah. of Rick and Evie. Rick, no! Go, you're, you, we just got you back. Our son needs a parent. Go. Yeah. And she like runs in and saves him and Emotep, who has literally risked everything yep. 
died and come back. He's trying to destroy the world Killed just to bring people just to yes, bring his just to love bring back. Luxon and Moon back. This, and this she, love that's supposed to you know, transcend the the ages. The ages. Help me. Yeah. Like, nope. Yep. And she runs, and he just gives up. Yep. And f- like literally falls into hell. Yep. That's why the the um that was heartbreaking. The overwhelming theme of these two movies. The I mean the overarching theme of these two movies is is the dichotomy of love. It could be the biggest strength you have yeah. or your biggest weakness. And uh, our two pairs, as their story plays out in Mummy 2, really show that. Yeah. It's wonderful. Well, he, yeah, he gave up everything for an Oxenamon. Yeah. And, and oh, that was oh, gut-wrenching. I don't want to get into the side characters. Sure. But do you have a favorite side character? A favorite side character. Um, hmm. Favorite side character. Uh, Winston. Oh, that was mine too. Oh, I love Winston. Yeah, yeah I love Winston. Him. Uh, oh, what's the quote I wrote down? Um, for Winston. Winston's Winston's a, a World War One pilot yes, who's stationed in in Egypt. And he basically, his his whole squadron went out in a blaze of glory, and he didn't, and he regrets it, and he's just drinking his days away. Yes. You probably won't live. Oh, do you think so? Probably not. Everyone else we've met has died, so why not you? It, I mean, <laughs> he was... Um, World War One fighter ace. He was, a, was, he was yeah. a jolly chap yes, he, who just wanted to die. Yep, and be, be but, with the, the other pilots. But die heroically. Yes. And and he, it, the, he the, got it. And he got it. And the tragedy of his life, the, what turned him to drink was that the opportunity to die heroically had passed. Had passed, him. yes. If he had just waited a couple more years, he was uh, yeah. going to have plenty <laughs> right of Right back in the thick of it. But, um, hey, but he it, still it got it. He still got he it. He did. Yeah. And that was a whole, that was such a great sequence. And Jonathan and our death on the wings of the plane. Yep. That was my first, my first air, air, air travel. Did he or, say that yeah, in, in think, that yeah, movie? That, yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah. thought the bus was the first never, time he said or that like in I've London. I've never flown before. Uh, that's funny. Yeah, well, these movies other are raves? just a, Do you have other raves? I do. Um, just, it's just a perfect blend of adventure, humor, terror, and faux history. Yeah. Um, it's, it's so, it's so smart. Here, here we go. Here's one. When they do archaeology, they actually raid tombs. Yes. They actually discover stuff, not just death and traps and monsters. Yeah. And like, there's a whole other franchise out there, Tomb Raider, um, where they never really discover anything in any of those movies. And there's no archaeology element. It's just guns and blowing things up and adventuring. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I, I love that there's actual discovery yeah. and learning and like pursuit of knowledge. Mm-hmm. I only have one last rave because um, we've already kind of talked about the other yeah. ones I wrote down. But um, I never saw the original classic, The Mummy, you know, like the the old yeah. monster movie. But I have seen clips of it, you know, like in, in Laurel and Hardy and Meet stuff. the Mummy. It's a great one. But this movie really pays like respect to it. It does. But, um, you know, takes it in a new direction, mm-hmm. like for the 90s and 2000s. But yep. like there, there are shots that are just like so classic, like the, just like the um, the shadows of the mummy shambling when they're in forward. The, when they're in the tomb? Yeah. Yep. Or um or even, you know, just setting it in the time frame that they set it at in the in the thirties. Yes. Like they didn't have to do that. That was a smart decision that, right. that paid uh respect to the to the history of this story in cinema. And um and again even the the, the image like of Emotep himself and like um and some of the other mummies, like they start in that real classical yes. sense and then they get 
then yeah. they go, then they take it to the yes, next level. Next level. They yep. they don't just start at that next level and you right. go, this is the new mummy now. It's like, oh no, here's what you kind of here's what you'd recognize right. as the mummy, but look how even more dangerous it gets. Yes, from here. And and you know, often we talk about how like things fall down in different acts. Mm-hmm. These movies are so, even even Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. I will say, like they're perfectly constructed in such a way. Like Act One's the setup. Mm-hmm. You get your history. You learn about your characters. You see where they've been. You know, we add things to it. Act two, you get the terror of the mummy mm-hmm. and like, this is serious. He's going to like suck you dry. He's going to like set you on fire with his like heat handprint thing. His face is going to shatter. Who knows why they did that? It was a cool effect, mm. but it's like the terror and jeopardy of the mummy. And then per- the rescue. Yeah. And the rescue is always just, it's like you said, they just take it to the next level. Yep. And every single one of the movies follows that setup. And I will say does it well because we've seen movies where like in the third act the movie just falls apart yes and and you're like uh you know what would have been better if it was just the first two that was our both of us uh, had that for aquaman for aquaman yeah if it just like been we disagreed on which one to take out the third act or the first act would have made it even better yeah just two acts would have made it so much better yeah no these movie mummies and i agree all three of them all all some not acts. as successfully as the others. Some not as successfully as the others. But they all but, follow I mean, it and do it if well. If you're going to knock the uh, the Dragon uh, Emperor movie, whatever, there are more grievous mistakes oh, yeah. than yes, the way they follow the, the formula. Yes. Do you have any more raves? Do I have any more raves? I mean, I just it's love just, them. It's, I, just, I, it's fun. just a lot of fun. Uh, I just remember it when we watched these in college, mm-hmm. uh, we're just re-watching the blooper reel. Yeah, remember that? We watched, was, we, oh my my God. wife and I rewatched that too. It was just like there's that Mo the guy uh, Arnold Voss say, where they're like filming him getting shot. And Arnold like, Voss, uh, Voss, 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 uh, whatever, whatever. Yeah, it, it was a movie. This guy's back, especially one, and I even think two that I believe they had fun on set. I believe. Yes. I believe. I believe they had so much fun filming these ma- and, and crew had fun together. Yes, and the first movie made Rachel Vice an international superstar. What else has she Rachel Vice been to, in? Oh my goodness, she's like she's that. I like, would recognize her from. Um, she was in Runaway Jury. Didn't see it. Okay. Um, she was in. Man, I mean, she's she's like so big now. She does like very artsy movies oh, that all get like Academy seen. Awards. Oh, yeah. It's not really your wheelhouse. Not mine at all. Um, she's married to Daniel Craig, James Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, she was just in a very critically acclaimed. I can't think of the the name of the movie, but it like follows. She plays um, like a woman who's from a, like a traditional Jewish community who mm-hmm. leaves and comes back, and and she like. Is she? Does she? She was like married to a guy and got divorced, and they don't like her for that. She comes back and like meets her childhood friend, and it's yeah. like, oh, act like, have I been like a closeted lesbian my whole life? And it got huge, like critical acclaim. It was nominated for a lot of things last year. Gotcha. Um, she didn't have to do Mummy Returns mm-hmm. by this point, but I, you're, you're right. I think they had so much fun yeah. on this set. They even wrote a part for the model who played Anux and Amun in the yeah, first they movie really, to yeah, like they give did. her a part. Yeah, they gave her a legit, a legitimate part in the movie. Yeah, I think they must have had so much fun doing those fight sequences. Yeah, like watching the blooper reel. Yeah, watching when, the blooper reels with when, the fight when, sequence. When it's, uh, I think they Brendan had and, so and, much uh, fun. Vazalu. Fu- yeah, uh, they really did seem like to. Yeah, they were 
it was it was you work, see but people it was good work, like fun work. legitimately you know you're in a, a moment and if you're like the production crew i, I would say like when pe- like when bloopers happen it's probably inconvenient for you especially when you're film like shooting with film yeah but like the, just in the middle of something very serious they just break and, and smile and start laughing yeah and so like you it looks like they had such a great time making these movies. Rachel Weiss is like, is kind of like lamented the fact like she wishes the script for the third one was better. Yeah. Because she would have done it. Um, but she, I, it was like, I, I adored her yeah. in these movies. I really she did. Is I really liked her character a lot. such a great actor and the, the chemistry and her, her performance. Her, she's okay. so appealing Here's like, what's intellectually. Great about her. She's a beautiful person. She's a talented actor. And and you like you you always believe her. She has great chemistry across the board. So yeah. she has great chemistry with uh, Brendan Fraser. Sure, Brendan Fraser, sure. But she also has great chemistry with her brother, with Jonathan. Like, I and totally Alex. believe yes. that sibling that, yes. relationship. I totally believe her mother relationship, yep. and I totally believe her relationship with, with Academia. Yes, I. 100%. I believe her relationship with with Emotep. Yes, when she like has to trick him yes. in the first movie and make him think she's a Nux and a Moon. Like, I, I believe it. Believe. All. Everything. Great, great thespian. Um, great actor. She was awesome. Yep. Talking about bloopers for a second, it's a great time for me to bring up, there's another podcast that both you and I listen to. Yes. How Did This Get Made? Yes. And uh, in a recent episode that I was listening to, <laughs> no, this is this is less of a joke and okay. more of an, an okay. actual observation. Okay. Um, June Diane Rayfield says something about how they were, one of the movies they were watching, um, they also, she and Paul watched the blooper reel. Yes. And... It was very obvious that like one of the main actors didn't have any any bloopers oh, at yeah. all. Yep. And she said that's very telling because that means that like when a mistake happened, it was not a fun time. Right. It was not like nothing right. good happened. There yes, were no I remember good listening to this. There were no show, good bloopers which to put means in the, the reel. That was oh, that not was for good. Little, little. I think Italy. it was for Little yes, Italy. Yes, that the blooper reel. There were there were no. No, like laughing moments in the blooper. Yeah, reel. between the two main the main char- the yes. two main actors, which means that like they did not they, enjoy working. They did with not each work. Other. Yeah. yeah. And so when you see a blooper reel like this, yes. and it's literally everybody yes. having a good old time with each other, you really feel like okay, if you can be that loose, if yep. you can, if you can, ah, yeah, we messed up. Ah, yep. If you can have that kind of fun, then it's a good setting. And I think that translates to the film because they're not high art. They're they're well constructed. Mm-hmm. But they're, you know, it's not going to win any cinematography awards. No. It's not going to win. It's not like a, a an art house bio, biopic. No. It's not. Um, it's not a movie that's going to change the world. No. But it's some that the fun of it just translates through the screen that you're watching it's on, and you want to be a part of that. There's a lot of rewatch value, tremendous rewatchability. And here we are, you know, 20 years later, talking about yeah, it how in much the studio. We, yes, exactly. Like. There's something to that. There is. Yeah. So anyway, we, we could rave for days. We could rave for we days. Could rave this, for days we should transition we should to rants. Yeah. Remember, a rant is anything that takes you out of the experience. Longtime listeners. Can I start with a rant? Yes, please. I want to try something new here. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to try for the first time ever. Okay. To be shades. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. I can't wait to hear this. Longtime listeners, remember that a rant is anything that takes you out of the movie. Okay? So, knowing that, the average distance that a male voice can travel is 180 meters in still air. In still air, mind you. Okay? 
But in Egypt, the Nile at its narrowest point is 330 degrees. Or not degrees, 330 Feet. meters. Meters, okay. There is no way that Brendan Fraser could yell across, could the, yell river across the river to Benny. None whatsoever. Took me out of the movie. Yeah, didn't took, believe it. Didn't believe it. I, I also have that written down, but I didn't include it in my rants because I it's didn't It's not an care. actual rant for me. Okay. Um, But I <laughs> saw it and I was like, oh, that's something that Shades are going to hate. And I didn't so, care. And so I looked it up. Hey, O'Connell. And, um, looks like I've got all the horses. And I don't I don't like it. I don't I don't like being Shades. I'm going to go back to being no, Sketch. Okay. That was It's gross. hard. It's hard. Ugh. It's hard. Yeah. Ugh. That was kind of a petty rant sketch. Yeah, I know. I told you I was being new for a second. <laughs> uh, and it didn't feel good. No. Do you have a real rant? Uh, Yeah. The Scorpion King. Like, what the fuck? Oh, it, oh like, the guy. It, oh, it, well, just the fact that the movie, the sequel to The Mummy opens on a character that has nothing to do with the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. And I completely forgot he was in it. Oh, really? When I, like, was like, oh, yeah, Mummy Returns. And I was like, oh, yeah, The Rock is in, in, in the begin like, bookends this movie. And he, like, has nothing to do with the the story of what's actually happening with the interplay of our character. Like, you could have re- removed the Scorpion King and the army of Anubis and just told that story um, where, like, you've got Evie and Rick and they're pulled back into this because she's having visions and, like, uh, oh, like a nux, like he's he's bat. They've raised him. Mm-hmm. Like, come up with a better reason why they've raised him. Why he's back? You didn't need the Scorpion King element of it. Well, it was a launching point for the whole new, yeah, the whole new movie series. Um, I did not forget he was in it because a clear memories of the CGI, the CGI, rock r- like the, the rock's head on. Um, it looked like it was out of Doom. Yeah, no, it didn't. It didn't look great. It did not look great. Um. I didn't mind him being, I mean, I kind of liked having another myth, you know, let's, let's explain another myth of ancient Egypt. And this is going to be the focus of this, this movie, you know? Sure. Yeah. Um, I get that. So I won't call it a rant. I get why you're calling it a rant, but I, I, I won't, I won't jump in on that one. Okay. That's fine. Didn't bother me. That was like something that I, I wrote while I was watching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'll transition to my. Do you have I also art? just loved the army of Anubis. I just love. Yeah, they the looked army of great. Anubis. They looked so good. They were scary. Uh, they were. They were yeah. legitimately terrifying. Yep, and they were just even if you killed, they were just sand. They were just sand. So you, they were going to come back. They were going to come back. Yeah. Like when when they defeat all of the Anubis warriors, and yeah. like you look at that Magi army, and it's yeah. just decimated. Yeah. And then our death runs to the top of the the dune yeah, and looks over, and like the shat. Oh shit! We got to do it all again. Yep. Yeah. And there's so few of us left. Yeah. It's really Yeah. It's hopeless. Yep. You get you get why that's that's their biggest strength is inciting hopelessness in their enemy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Love them. That's a little rave in my rant. Yeah. Do you have another rant? My biggest rant for the whole trilogy is the inconsistency between all three movies. And I and I will even say between one and two. Okay. Because you can't say there's any inconsistency. In- inconsistencies with one because one starts everything right but you got the story of this group of people and they're just ordinary people up against overwhelming odds yeah taking on a supernatural threat and they come up with a way with grit 
and a little bit of muscle moxie. and moxie and brain. Yeah. And they, they save the day. They save the day. And then in, in two, we introduce, which I did not care for, all, all this like destiny shit. D- yes. With like, she's the reincarnation of the princess. And this is your destiny, O'Connell. That's pretty good. Oh, thank you. And he is a magi and they've been destined to play this yes. out. Did not like that it went in that direction. If I were to say to you that I am a traveler approaching from the east... What would you say? Yeah, and then he just knows that. Yeah. Like, how do you not? Re- like, how do you? You are a magi, warrior for God. So oh, weird. So weird. And then in the third movie, we take an even bigger step. Like in <laughs> in two, like I said, they are they are parenthood and marriage role models. Yes, they are everything that I strive to be in my marriage and my role as a father. And then in three. It's been what you, you fifteen hope, years. You hope you never become these people. Ten years. Yeah, and their marriage is bad at this point i mean it's a shell of what it was they're famous adventurers and writers so they can't get divorced yeah and they're super famous and they they have a really bad relationship with their son their son is estranged and living on the other side of the world so he doesn't have to talk to them and that was too big of a that was too big of a change that was too big of a of a of a 90 degree turn Mm -hmm. that i i couldn't i couldn't jump in on and um I'm trying to think if there were like uh, Evie. I think the biggest sin. Okay, the two biggest sins, as far Not as Rachel Vice Evie. Well, yes, that was a big problem. But you know, what are you going to do if Rachel Vice doesn't agree? You have to do something to continue the story. Real. That was a real falling down point, though. Oh, yeah. To not have no. to not have Rachel. Yes, but and it, guys, the explanation behind that is Rachel Vice read the script and was like, "I'm out." Yeah. And they're like, do some script rewrites. No, this is the movie we're going with. Right. So she's I'm, out. I'm not, and I'm that's fine. She and Oded Fair as well. Yeah. Like read the script and like, I'm out. Yeah. Sorry. Easier for him because that role yeah. is easy to remove from the story. But, but if two of your recurring, yeah. Is, it is, fall, the movie falls down yes. without it. But the fact that Rick is kind of like a deadbeat dad. Yeah. Don't believe it. The second thing that Evie, who's been this brilliant Egyptologist for two movies is, uh, is and now is like now a badass reincarnated Egyptian princess. And now she's just an author of like fluffy romance novels. Right. And she's not even a good author because she can't come up with any new material. She right. can't create she can anything. She can only write record things, things that, that happened to her. She experienced. She so can't it, create anything it's new. It's yeah. such a disservice to the yeah, character um, of Evie. Uh, interestingly enough, like the most authentic character winds up being Jonathan. Jonathan, Jonathan is the only one that comes out like at the end of the whole story, like like the most yep. consistent, like, and maybe it's because he is not as prevalent as the you other. You know two, what I wanted, but he's right there with everybody. Like he is probably the the second tier down of a, of a fleshed out character yeah. in this, and he he comes out the best throughout the entire series. Yeah, and that's sad. And in three, he was the only character in three that I met. And went. This is Jonathan. This is Jonathan. Okay. Yep. This is I. This is the Jonathan Classic I've known Jonathan. for two other movies. Yep. Everything he did in that movie fit and with I his character. Did, I did like that. Um, that he had moved to China. to China. Yeah. To get away from. Well, not just to get away from, but like he was there because Alex was there. That's why he set up shop there. Do you think that's what drove yes. him there? Yep. Specifically, Hong Kong. Spe- he could have. He could have built that anywhere. Okay. I think specifically Hong Kong because Alex was there. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that, but it's, I'll, I'll take it. I'll go with it. 
At the at the end of this movie, though, he moves to Peru to specifically to be yes. away from mummies. Spoilers. Mummy Four was probably going to be in Peru. It was yeah. the 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 they were going to have Peruvian mummies. Yeah, and which makes a lot more sense it, then, than these mummies yes, because these China, are not mummies. They were not mummies. They were they were cursed men. They were cursed men. Suspended. It's like suspended animation yes. inside of a in clay. Yes, terracotta. Correct. Yeah, not a mummy. Mummy by definition has to be preserved by lack of moisture. Yes, and they were very moist. Very, very, very moist. They were like they were like Tootsie Pops. Yeah, they were they were like a Tootsie Pop. Yeah, they were to, they were Tootsie Pops. How many licks does it take to get to the center, center of, of the Terracotta Dragon Warrior? Emperor? Yeah. <laughs> and um, okay, uh, another rant. How does the Mummy Returns destructor system work? For lack of a better word, I'm calling it the destructor system. You find the bracelet. Mm -hmm. You put it on. Yeah. It brings you to Omshare. Mm -hmm. But you have to get there in seven days or it kills you. Yeah. That's never mentioned in like getting the bracelet. Mm -hmm. Emotep tells him that. Mm -hmm. It is true. So then you get to Omshare. You go in the basement. You stick your hand in the hole. Mm -hmm. It activates the system. Mm -hmm. You lose your hand. Mm -hmm. You then have to fight the Scorpion King. Mm -hmm. handless mm -hmm. and you die unless you have the golden ASP baton spear mm -hmm. you have to kill the scorpion king to rule the army and you can either destroy the world or send it to hell mm -hmm. what the f like what none of that makes any sense like if you need the bracelet to control the army of Anubis once you have the bracelet why do you have to release the scorpion king the Scorpion King couldn't get out unless you stuck your hand in the hole. Let me ask you this. What if you don't, what if you like, if you get to the, the, the pyramid mm -hmm. and the bracelet comes off your arm, mm -hmm. can't you just leave at that point? Yeah. The Scorpion King isn't released. Right. The army of Anubis isn't released. Right. No harm, no foul. I'm going to ask this question first. Are we believing at face value? I've always believed from, from, from the very first time that Emotep spoke the truth. He had seven days or he would die. The sun starts coming up and it, and Alex starts dying. He gets very weepy. He can't run. He starts like losing strength. Oh, I thought he was just being a kid. Okay. No, that's fine. like, he, it's like, it, it's a kid act. He's like, ah, oh, dad, it hurts. Okay. Like so it I is killing him. That means that stipulation is probably to just ensure that someone worthy gets it. My guess is all of these stipulations are put in place to make sure someone worthy can take the mantle or it's all um, just ensuring that the rock is the one that will take over. It's impossible standards to hold up to. Right. You, so could, the rock you could not out. defeat the rock. Yeah. It would be a if, one in a million. If you didn't have the spear. Yeah. So one in a million thing. And um, it just so happened in the mummy too. That Every, all the stars aligned. That's the one thing that Jonathan's able to take with him and it happens to be, and it just yes. goes back to that like stupid message of destiny. Yeah. Yes. Well, again, it, yeah, that's what, that's what two was. It was all destiny and with Jonathan as happenstance. So and the, coincidence. the mummy returns destructor system was a big ramp for me because it, it took me out of the movie. Sure. And there are those elements in the first movie. Like if you like, oh, don't, don't open the coffin. Mm -hmm. Don't read from the book. Mm -hmm. If you do read from the book. Don't open the chest. Yeah. 
If you open the chest, don't read from the books. But it, but it one works in the first movie. It, it didn't work at all. Well, one works movie. because the motivation for a lot of these characters is knowledge, knowledge right. and discovery. Yes. Uh, the motivation for everything in two is world domination. Yes. Um, Except so that's for the the two parents who are just trying to save their kids. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. meant like why we're in this situation in the first place. But like, like Evie's in the situation in the first movie because she is a curious individual, right, 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 right. and she's kind of obsessed with unlocking the secrets of this ancient civilization, and that's a fair and noble. But you agree with my rant? Oh yeah, absolutely. okay. Yeah. Like, I, I, and I was with them until the the leader of the cult lost his hand. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you fight the Scorpion King? That was that <laughs> like, was the one where you've got one hand I and was, no spear. I was almost expecting it. It felt a little bit to me like um what do they call that place in Aladdin? That's the, the big yeah. tiger. The ti- yeah. You know, the big tiger head that There Aladdin was no way to get into. out of there unless there was a flying magic carpet. Sure, but I mean even going into there, anyone could walk in, but if it mm. deemed you unworthy, it crushed you crushed like you that first guy. Yeah. And so to me, I read that as as a very similar kind of device. You put your hand in, and if it deems you worthy to it doesn't eat your hand. It doesn't eat your hand, so you can fight the rock well, fair and square. Well, that wasn't in the rules. So no, like, no, no, yeah. I agree. Uh, but um, Emotep didn't tell us that that was part of the system, so it doesn't I, exist. That's how I read it. Like yeah. that's how I read okay, it. Okay, I'll go with that. Movie Still viewer. not good though. No, it's not as it's not as crisp as sure. as one because one was really refined and two got too big. Sure, world domination is too big. Do you have another rant? Uh, just the Curse of the Dragon Tomb or Emperor. Oh, yeah, everything about that. And the, everything is bad. I mean, it's it's kind of like one of the first movies that I can think of that really suffered um, to like pandering to a foreign market. Sure. And and I think that's where it fell down the most. I actually wrote down. I said uh, it's fitting but sad that it feels like the soul of the mummy was sacrificed to appeal to a foreign market. Like it, it really <laughs> felt like it was. Yeah, this um, is another one of the first movies to open in. In China. In China. And and it was it was it was obvious. It was produced with Chinese money. And um they had to change too much. Yeah. They had to make such abrupt changes to it that it didn't feel like the mummy anymore and it couldn't stand on its own feet. Like it needed yeah, it, really it needed to be a mummy movie to like get success, but if but it, it couldn't be a mummy movie. Yeah. I've got some small ones that uh, didn't make it into my big ones. Should I do like a lightning round? Sure. Uh, why is Emotep uh, encased in... Uh, I guess these are kind of big questions, but they took me out of the movie. Okay. I'll um, answer so them all for you. Rant, sure. Uh, why is Emotep encased in amber? In, in the, the second, second movie? movie? That's like the pit that he fell into. Um, it was It was not... It was like a blue like soul goop. Yeah, it was like why a was, soul goop. Why was he encased in amber when they pulled him out? I just assumed it hardened after everything collapsed. Okay, I'll, I'll take it. Um... Why would you replace Rachel Vice with Maria Bella as Evie? Could you hate Maria Bella? Is that uh, your, no? Is that uh, we're going here. Maria Bella is like a badass, no, we got like it. tough, tough fighter chick. We like just it. let her be badass, Maria Bella. Why would you? Why would you cast an American to replace? It was um, Rachel Vice. It was very stubborn of them to not Include rework. Evie. Uh, just not if your actress says no, I'm out. You got to rework the script. Yeah. Um, and they didn't. If so. this was a a pitch, please. It's pitch, not, pitch, please. It's small. Small pitch, please. The the effects of dying and coming back to life were too much for Evie. She's died. Sure. Um, shortened lifespan, whatever. 
And this is Rick's new wife and Alex hates her. Mm -hmm. And that's the estrangement. Yeah. Better movie right there. Better movie. Fixes so many problems. We'll explain the um, loveless marriage. Yep. Explain Alex. And and it even sets up too like... um, And it also would make sense why she's the uh, the author of these stories. Exactly. Because she never lived any of them. And like Rick and Evie were like these legends in World War II. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, Evie's, have Evie died Evie's, in World War Two. Evie's dead. Yeah, but like they want they want Rick. Yeah, and like Rick's like that's over. Like we were a team. Yeah, and like Maria Bello's character is like ah a new adventure for me to write about. Yeah, and I get to be like go on the adventure and be part of things. That's a great. And pitch. she's not capable. Yeah, better movie, right? Better movie, hundred percent better movie. Thank you. Yeah, but they weren't willing to go in and they, do that work. They weren't. No. They were not willing to go in and do that work. No. I mean, I, there are other um, shirtless Rick in um, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. He gets shirtless in that he movie? He did, yeah. He's like... After the, he gets shot? Yeah. That, okay. Um, the Yetis. I don't often... Uh, yeah, the Yetis oh, are bad. The Yetis. Um, it's funny. I don't usually call wounded scenes shirtless scenes, but I guess that would be a shirtless scene. I mean, he um, was like shirtless, shirtless yeah. while they were dressing his wound. And he still looked great, even though he was dying. Yep. Um, okay. This is a, this is my, my biggest rant. Okay. And it takes me and it's it, it makes me angry at these movies. Okay. Okay. Emotep. Mhm. Anux and a moon. And Nefertiti. Nefertiti are all real people. Okay. They're all like real people who lived in Egypt in different times in different kingdoms. Mm-hmm. Every single one. I knew Nefertiti, but I didn't know the other two. Anaxenamun and Imhotep were both real. Okay. And Imhotep was actually a cool guy. Cool guy. He was an architect. Um he employed public works projects like fresh water. Mm-hmm. Um like he uh, f- was featured featured very heavily in like building out like the lower classes and like improving their li- living conditions. He like uh, experimented with medicine, um, and mm-hmm. he like really was. Uh, he was like re- kind of revered as a living god because he was benevolent. To be fair, we are in 2019, and you really should just find some dirt on him uh, to to diminish his character well, based based on our <laughs> modern standards of this he ancient time. He would not hold up to 2019 standards, okay. but for the what time he lived in, monster. for the time he lived in, he was. Of, you know, it's kind of like the the historic Richard the Third versus the Shakespearean Richard the Third. Okay. Uh, he, you know, I won't get into that. But if you know, and, and Emotip was a, like a cool guy. Mm-hmm. A and a moon similarly um, was like cared about the poor and did a lot of like works with the poor, mm-hmm. and was like cons- conserved with the living conditions of of the slave class mm-hmm. in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Why take these kind of like the most benevolent mm-hmm. of like of yes they they still lived in a society in which there was an enslaved population mm. who like lived in yes okay i'm not mm. trying to redeem them i'm just saying there were a worse like historical figures that they could have set upon mm-hmm. and b they could have just created two fictional characters mm-hmm. that so that was kind of like upsetting to me okay i didn't know they were real people so it didn't bother me and most people will only ever hear their names through these movies and think that they're just douchebags. So that was that was rough for me. Okay. I'm sorry. That was my biggest rant. Yeah. I'm 
all out of rent. Yes. Yeah. No, it didn't bother me. Yetis. Because I figure, you know, it's kind of oh, like the yetis. name John, you know, like there's been a lot of Johns. It's probably there just haven't like, been a lot of emoteps. There might have been a couple other emoteps. No, well, uh, his, that survive in the historical record. Oh, yeah, that survive in the historical one emotep. Well, the same thing with like the name John. Like there's a lot more Johns that have lived and died without being recorded okay. than emoteps. Sure. There's probably a lesser known emotep. But there are more Johns that have lived and died and been recorded than there are emoteps. Oh, sure. But, they, you know, because, because, because of white people. <laughs> Keep... Your real world politics out of my fake worlds. Um, it. Uh, I love it, these movies, it guys. It's, a, it's my biggest rant historically. Um, All right, should we get a, some big Q's? I got a lot of big Q's. I, I'm going to try and give you some big A's for your big big Q's. Okay. You want to go first? I only have four. Oh, I got more than that. Big questions. Here's a simple one. Great. Why do mummies get superhuman abilities? Like running along walls and having superhuman speed and jumps yeah, after resurrection. None of them were cursed. None of them were cursed. Yeah. Um, I get why Emotep has yes. powers. Everyone else, like, it's like a Should real not. benefit to be yeah. dead. It's a, yes, it is. Um, they are super strong. They have, like, extendy claw things. Yep. They are incredibly durable yep. and flexible. Yep. They can... Uh, I love when Evie barricades the door, door to the museum in the second movie. Yeah. And uh, it's like, honey, what are you doing? These guys don't, no, use, doors, don't use doors, and they, they literally crash through, through a wall. The wall. Yep. They, okay, um, mummification. The uh-huh. Mummification uh, makes your skin so dense and yeah, and tough does, yeah. that you are virtually indestructible, and uh, they, they're, um, the, it, as your skin shrinks, it yep. makes it look like your fingernails grow, that and so and because they're so dried out and durable, they use their claws to like run and and uh, grip into things like Spider Man. Okay, uh, it, that's all false. But if that's the reasoning that you want to use, I mean, mummies are not durable at all. They are uh, according to the a, rules of this universe. A they nudge are. away from turning into dust. Yeah, um, yeah, they didn't. Guys, I didn't, I, I didn't go into it because I, I didn't want to be uh, shades again. But yeah, the way they mummified people of, of, of uh, one, not the way they mummified not people. Not the way they mummified people at all. Um, yeah. But okay. Okay. We'll just call it movie magic. Um, then here's another one for you. You said in Mummy 1, remind me of the part where um, Evie, Evie tries to fool Emotep into thinking she's... Uh, he sees her and yes. thinks and just looks at her and, and says, Anuxana Moon. Okay. And then she goes with it. Uh, and at one point, she saves them from being enveloped by the, the face of sand by kissing him. Yes. And also, like, agreeing to go to Hamanoptra with him okay. to allow him to perform the ceremony on her and put Anuxana Moon's soul into her body. I have. Uh, it's not Which really a sketch. It makes no sense because then we learn that they're completely different characters in the second movie. Blah 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 blah. No, blah. I have. I have a way. Why to... didn't he recognize? And her? I have the answer to that. Okay. I have the. I have you the do. answer to that. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. Deposit your big question. Why didn't Emotep recognize Evie? Because he knew her in ancient Egypt. She can't see. He can't see for shit. <laughs> It's 100% true. Yes. Think of who he, he got his eyes from. Yes. Who did he get his eyes he, from? Yes. Yep. Okay. I will The guy who that. can't see the anything. The guy who can't see anything. Yes. He can't. Emotep is legally blind by 1930 <laughs> standards. I will I will take it. Yep. That's a great answer. Thank you. It's a great answer. Thank that you. wasn't one of my big okay, questions. Okay. Give me a real big question. Okay. Did the ancient Egyptians who set up Emotep's curse mm-hmm. want to bring him back and end the world? They kept his body. Mm-hmm. They kept the books. They kept the chest. 
all together like a blue apron meal kit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I'm trying for to my money, all the books are the 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 book of life and the book of dead were both in the same temple in, under different statues. Yes. One under Anubis, one under Horus. Uh, what chest are we talking the about? The chest with the canoptic jars. Okay, but that wasn't those. It was in a different side of the statue that the book was in. Yes, but for whatever reason, see, it doesn't make any sense why those were buried there because those were not Emotep's. Those were Anuxanamuns. Those were her jars. Because by opening that chest, that marked the people that he would consume and and get his their essence their essence back. Um, Like for my money, you spread those things out. All over, like give them to them. This is why I say the Magi were like terrible at their jobs. Give them you, to the Magi. You, well, they, the, the Magi knew all that stuff was there. They were protecting Hamanoptera. And mm-hmm. so if I'm the Magi, I'm say there are 12 tribes of the Magi. Mm-hmm. Spread those things out to the farthest corners of the world. Okay. Don't store them all in Hamanoptera mm-hmm. next to each other. Yeah. Everything was there. Everything so was there. did, did the ancient Egyptians want to destroy the world? I don't think they wanted to. I think it was a matter of convenience. It was literally like a blue apron kit. Yeah, no, it was. Everything was there. And, you know, the mummy does it, but a lot of other movies do that, too. They do. It's like, here's the map and the key. Yes. Yay. Yay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, they shouldn't have been there. They should have at least been at different temples in Egypt. Right. Um, right. Put one in Thebes. Yeah. Put the Book of Life in Thebes. Yeah, just explain that, you know. And at least the, it gives you a reason to be at Thebes. The canoptic jars were put it in the, in the, the pyramids. With, you feature them enough. A new whatever her name is, Moon Lady. Anaxana Moon. Um, where was her body? Yeah, her, her body area, was right? also in Hamanoptera because he stole it and brought it there, and that's when they caught him. Kind of makes no sense that they mummified her. Uh, a criminal yeah. at that point. It, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, not everyone was mummified. Um, and it was like a five to six week long process too. Yes. It was labor intensive to mummify a person. You okay. wouldn't do yes. it for someone no. like Mrs. Moon. Right. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, that's okay. Yeah. I mean, they were a primitive people 2000 years sure. ago. Sure. Compared to our standards of like, um, Airbnb, <laughs> like they couldn't like have a Airbnb place to and stay Uber. in China. You know, they were like, oh shit. Let's just, let's just put it all here. Let's put it all here. And let's just bury it. Too much trouble. Let's just bury it. No one's going to dig it up. I was going to bring it to the farthest corners of the world, but... My Uber didn't show up. Yeah. Yep. One star. Do you have a big big queue? Why is Alex American in the third movie and British in the second movie? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's a great question. And uh, Alex is a little his, Brit kid. His accent switches, especially if he's supposed to hate his dad. He hates his dad and he grows up in England. And yet he's a he's a full on American living in China. Yes. Do you have a reason? Uh, I I don't have an answer okay. to that question. No, that one is a mystery. It is a mystery. I okay. don't have a good answer. Uh, here's here's one for you. Okay. In Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Yes. I'm they go to the Forbidden City. They do. And Rick and. Alex are literally comparing the size of their guns. Correct. Yeah. And they both have like giant steamer trunks yeah. of guns that they are going through. They do. Yeah. How the fuck did they get those trunks to the top of the Forbidden City? And and who carried like the whole time they're traveling, we never see any of that gear. There's nobody else with them. How did the trunks get to the top of that city? Jonathan. They, what they just 
pile them all on yep. his back. Pile them on Jonathan. We see Jonathan the whole trip. He's not carrying anything. Every time we see him, he's put him down to, re- to rest. <laughs> there was also the yak on the plane only for the joke of the yak yacked. Yes. That was the whole reason that yak was on that plane. Your answer is that Jonathan carried them on his back. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. They had Weren't two the... giant steamer trunks. 457 Magnum. I was like, oh, I go with the Browning. Oh, it's reliable. It doesn't jam. Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. And then later they they compare, but they're, they're complimenting each other on their gun choices. And see those trunks again. Well, that place gets, like, destroyed. Yeah. So those are gone, but then they have new trunks when they go to the final battle. <sighs> and they're agreeing yep. on gun choices. Yes. It's the comically large mallet that inexplicably fits in your pocket. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, in the, that's not the universe we live in. In the first movie, uh, Rick O'Connell had... He has the, had, the duffel roll. And, but and he that also, makes sense, and he always carries it with him. Yeah, the the, the duffel the duffel roll of heavy heavy yes. weapons that floats in the Nile. Yes, that floats yeah. in the Nile, yes. Um, but he also has the magic revolvers that never run out of bullets until the story needs them to run out of bullets. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, okay. So that yeah, was just, no, it was uh, grievous. It was so grievous. your answer is Jonathan carried them Jonathan on his carried back. them all. All right, sure. Yeah, the it, yak was supposed to, but the yak it, got it, sick. It's sick and it Jonathan had to send had it home. To. Yep. Yeah, okay. The uh, yak your, yacked. Your question was disgusting, by the way. It was... How do the Yetis know touchdown from American football? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they are so high up on the mountaintops, uh-huh. and uh, the tops of those buildings act as giant antennas. Uh, so they... And um, they they built television sets out of uh, the remains of everyone they've yes, eaten. Yeah. Exactly. I'll I'll accept it because <laughs> they were so dumb. That was like the dumbest part of that movie was the, oh, when she like calls into the mountains. Yetis. She's like, I don't think she yodels, and that was a that was a bad yodel. But um, she like calls to the mountains and is like, "Help us, help us!" And uh, three fucking yetis come yeah. out of the mountain. Three, a dozen of them. No, some, no, there some were, are taken out immediately. There were only three. I I'm pretty sure there were only three. But I'm not willing to watch the movie again Ugh, to verify. They were awful. Uh, Long time listeners, if you end up Yeti. watching it, count the Yetis, let us know. Uh, I'm pretty sure there are three. Do you have another? Yes. Okay. Why did I, I call him uh, Jet? Jet. Jetly. Oh, yeah. Why did, oh, you're on a first name basis? Yeah. Why, did, why did Jet Not Mummy keep destroying his face only to regenerate it instantly? What? What the um, fuck? I think that was to be menacing. I think I think the destroying his face. It was a cool was, effect. Yeah, don't I, get me wrong. And I think that was Mummy 3's version of Emotep's elongated jaw. You know, sure. like he would go. <laughs> Thanks long, for great audio. Long time listeners. Uh, um, sketch just came like shockingly close to detaching his jaw. Shockingly. Yeah. Um. Because you could argue that Emotep great did that to, to suck everyone dry, but he he also did it sometimes just to like be like, yeah. like, because there's get a, off my lawn. There's like one scene where like, oh, it's when the cat shows yes. up and he's like, <laughs> and then he turns yeah, detaches and like, his full full python mouth. Yeah, and then yeah. like Voldemortly swipes his cape and like runs out the window. Cyclone tornadoes. Um, Is he made of sand? I don't he, understand how he turned into sand. I think that's tornadoes. just part of the. I think part of the curse is he just like he's like one with the desert. <laughs> Here's a big question. Okay. Is it my turn? Or Wait, your turn? we haven't finished the. Oh, sorry. Sorry. But, sorry. Um, yeah. But I did like 
I did I did <laughs> like the curse of terracotta. Like I did think that was a clever curse. Sure. Um, yes, I and agree. It, and it looked cool. Why did he keep destroying his face? Uh, but he did keep destroying his face, and also like when you watched it, like he he was far more menacing with the destroyed face. He was. Um, but I think that was harder to render. Sure. So I think that was a that was just a, a lazy decision. Uh, and it was comical. He'd like get super upset. His face would explode, and then it would instantly reform. If they if they had just if they were willing to put in that extra work, I would have loved it is like every time you moved, like every joint shattered, you know, yeah. because sometimes the terracotta was very malleable. Yes. And other times it was like you're saying stiff well, they, and would shatter. Were, under the... Some of them had been fired and some of them hadn't. Yes. Some of them were bisque. Yeah. You're saying some were bisque. Yes. And some were fired. Yes. Okay. Um, I've lost many on bisque, bisque word pieces in the past, but uh, I did like that curse. That was one of my favorite parts it was, of the movie. Yeah, was it like was like the fun idea concept. of that. I, curse. I agree. Yeah, it was a fun concept. Everything else, not so much. I have two more questions. So Great. It's up um, to you. How did Emotep get his powers and immortality back in the Mummy Returns? Shouldn't he have needed to have been cursed again once he was made mortal? Oh, we talked about this a little bit. So, yeah. longtime listeners, I mean, you, you, you weigh in on this as well. My my posit is that they should have had to put him through the Hamdai again before he could get his immortal soul back. Sure. My, my, um, oh, I might even be changing what, what your, I, your reasoning, my reasoning. Okay. What I, here's what I, so now you have three choices or to completely disagree with us. My original answer to shades when he deposited this to me was that, um, the way that Rick and Evie and Jonathan dispatched him in the first movie was they removed his soul brought it to the afterlife so they could kill that was his immortal soul which yep. was keeping him going so they could kill his body and kill him for good right, right? it had nothing knife, to do with stomach had nothing to do with uh, with removing the curse sure right so i'll i'll amend that a little bit and say but wouldn't you imagine that the curse was over once they defeated him you know because that's what i'm going to amend okay i'm going to say because this is egypt and and according to ancient Egypt beliefs, I was I'm going to say that his body was not cursed, his soul was cursed. Ah, his okay. soul was the cursed entity, and so gotcha. bringing the soul back, they're one and the same now. That curse cannot come off that soul. So okay, bring the soul. That's my final answer. Okay, resing the soul brings back the curse as well. So how did he get his powers back in the the third the second movie? Well, they used the book of the. Um, the dead to 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 bring his soul back from the the afterlife and deposit it back into his body if i'm remembering that correctly okay i'm pretty sure that's what happened i don't like that answer but i'll accept it. long-time listeners weigh in though because that's a big one it is that's a big one go with shades and sketch at gmail.com yeah how did Emotep get his powers back in the second movie? And if the whole point was to... Follow-up question. If the whole point was to give him back his immortal soul so he could fight the Scorpion King Correct. evenly, a yep. fair fight, and kill him, shouldn't they have known that the minute he stepped through the temple, he was going to... He loses it. He does lose it. And then he's just a regular guy fighting the Scorpion King. Yep. It's bad storytelling. They seemed surprised um, because... It, Anubis wants me to Anubis fight the Scorpion wants, as, yes. as a mortal. Um, which I guess brings up the big question. The Egyptian gods are still alive and well? Like, or yeah. is that like <laughs> is that a curse that Anubis placed on the... Is it a Kevin the, McAllister style trap? It could be. <laughs> that like Anubis just placed this curse that like anyone who comes in is mortal because he doesn't want anyone... I love it. Uh, maybe. I love it. 
Um, it's a Home Alone-esque like paint can hang, swinging from a banister. Yeah. I love it. Because it does. I forgot. It strips him of his powers walking in. Yeah. And um, I don't like the answer, but I'll accept it. Yeah. Yeah, because originally what I was going to think is, was if Emotep was the one that put his hand in, it wouldn't have eaten his hand. Right. It would have, because, because that curse took yes. away everything. Yeah, that's a doozy. I think Anubis didn't know exactly what he was doing. Anubis was a dick. He was a bit of a dick, but um, he had a cool pyramid. He had a very cool pyramid. I love that Jonathan got the, the big, the gem big ass the diamond on the top yeah, of it. That's pretty sweet. Good for Jonathan. Good for him. Jonathan always up! comes out okay. He does. And ahead. I think I think sold three. Well, he, he sold, sold the Emoteps and moved to Peru. And if I didn't know the foreshadowing of what was going to happen yeah. in Peru, I would say, right. yeah, he came out ahead. But right, poor Jonathan, poor Jonathan, Peruvian mummies. Uh, do you have another big cue? After everything um, that he's experienced with the supernatural, how is Rick so skeptical that the magic blade can kill the dragon <laughs> emperor? He's such a dick to the 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 witch's he daughter. Really, like is. you really think that little dagger is going to take out? Yeah, it's magical. Yeah, okay, lady. Right. Well, you've, yeah, it, it made me think. It literally made me think, wait. I fought and dispatched two mummies. Yes. And, uh, and, same mummy twice doesn't count. And that was when, because at first when he said that line, I was like, oh, shit, You wait. have literally lived this. Well, my first reaction was, wait, was this movie depositing that Evie's books were just that? They were just stories? And that this didn't happen, and that oh. Rick is skeptical. But no, but then there's that line right. where he says, "I've dispatched two mummies." Right. Same mummy. And I was like, "Oh shit, no! It isn't. It isn't." It's just that. bad storytelling. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't. Uh, my answer is bad storytelling. Yeah, there's no good answer for that one. Okay, I have another big Q. Okay, there's a lot of BQs. This one's kind of. Did Universal think they had a good movie on their hands with Dragon Emperor after Oded Fair and Rachel Weiss both dropped out over how bad it was? I don't think. I, I think they knew it wasn't. I mean, do you remember the marketing for that? It was not as big as it was one not. or two. Um, but it still made over four hundred million. And I think, and I honestly think it was because it they was it was, it was targeting at a foreign market, and 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 that's why I call that a rant is because right. I have nothing against Chinese movies, but they're not made for me and American audience. Sure. And so they don't hit me the way like my tastes have been raised sure. because they have been raised by the the media I've grown up in. Right. Um, and so by trying to please multiple markets, they please nobody. They please nobody fully. Sure. Um, so that's a real bummer. So I, I think Universal had to know that like, okay, our American so audiences are not going to eat this up, but hope we're gonna we're gonna hang our hand on the Chinese audience. Okay, we're gonna hope that that's where we make our money. And it sounds like they did. Sounds like it. Do you have another big at Q? the expense? And my last big Q is how bad you need to be at drawing and quartering that you only pull off a dude's arm. It's <laughs> a um... general. What's his name? Yes. Is drawn and quartered by the dragon emperor yes. and killed to death that way. Yes. When you draw and quarter somebody, four horses go in four opposite directions and pull you apart. Yes. And I don't understand how so I, he came back to lead the army. So the I end. think because he was buried in the wall. All of all of the generals um, and uh, all of the emperor's enemies were were. Um, but why did he have his wall. arms? Oh, that's what I'm saying. He he um he was missing one arm. Right. Everything else was there. Which means one arm was three horses went in one direction right. and one horse went in the opposite direction. Right. 
That's bad. That's bad. That's yeah. bad um, quartering. What do um, they call that? Drawing a quartering. Well, uh, I have an answer to that. Okay. Uh, the the wall was in one of the directions that they were running, so uh, the, it limited. Only one of them could actually like go, and the other was stopped by the wall. You know what would have been awesome is if again they didn't put this much thought into it. If he had just mismatched arms and legs. Yes. Like he just grabbed would. arms and legs yes. from other people. Other people. That'd be great. It would. I would have 100% been on board with that. Don't they also like wrap one around your, your neck when they draw and quarter you? I don't know. Cause that's the quartering is your. Divided by four, right? The quartering is your appendages. The drawing is your head. Oh, is it? Right. I don't know. I just, I just, I always. Drawn see, and quartered. I'm not an expert on um, torture. But uh, although we have seen enough movies we have. that should, we should be, count yeah. as torture. Yeah. Um, I always thought like, you know, a horse drawn carriage, it's just like the horse draws something behind it and that the, the drawing would be the quarter of the person that it's drawing away from the other horses. Okay. Long time listeners. Right into you the show. If you're an expert in. You'd be behind drawing and quartering. Yeah. And would you leave three appendages intact? Yeah. It seems unlikely. It's a very. That, the only explanation is there wasn't enough room. For those three appendages to be pulled away. Yeah. That's, yeah. Because we, the, the, the camera was kind of mounted in a corner. Yeah. So, like, it was. three of those horses could have just stopped at the wall. Exactly. And the rope could have been too long. Yep. And they were like, ah, oh, shit. Damn it. Yeah. And then they just that's, go over and they that's shoot. That's all them. I've got for you. <laughs> I'm kind of proud of this one, too. With a magic revolver. One last big Q. Okay. One last B Q to end all BQs. Okay. What is the um, hieroglyphic for B and Q? I'm trying to remember. Q is a quail. Quail chick. This makes for great audio, long-time listener. I Sketches think, staring at the ceiling. I wanted to say B is thought. B might rambling be a, almost incoherently. B might be a basket, but that might be K. I'm gonna look that up. Okay. Go ahead, ask your is B. Your, is your like beautiful mind moment over? Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I just do a lot of hieroglyphics in my uh, in my day job, and I was trying to remember what B is. Look, Guys, uh, Sketches' day job is as a consultant, uh, a consultant Egyptologist. I'm an Egyptologist, yep. everybody. Yep. You are. Who doesn't know who Emotep or Anaxa <laughs> I was just going to say, you had no idea who Emotep is. That's why I'm really counting on the side gig. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's we're long-time listeners, our uh, Patreon subscribers, we're counting on you to yeah. not let Sketch and Doodle start. My, my e- Egyptology career is in shambles. <laughs> okay, final big cue. Okay. If Emotep... Mm-hmm can travel in a giant cyclone of sand almost instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Why, mm-hmm. in The Mummy Returns, does he travel by train? Um, Love the train. I right. also love the train. Great set piece. But if he can literally, like... Disgusting bathroom. Oh. oh, my God. I don't even think I recognized as a child what all those handprints were made out of uh, on I the wall. <laughs> I agree. Um... Yeah, but, but also Ugh. having traveled the uh, the the Metro North line between Connecticut and uh, or between uh, Boston and New York, mm-hmm. it's pretty accurate. Okay, um, that's a shades only. I love shots, Metro North, so Metro North is uh, I'll, or no, I'll the, take passes. Not so uh, not Metro North, but the oh, Amtrak good. line. Oh, Amtrak okay. line. That's a uh, shots fired Amtrak. Can't take Amtrak. Clean your bathrooms. Um, um, so why did he yeah. travel by train? Well, if he can instantaneously travel from point A to point B, and also yeah. pull multiple people with yeah, him, yeah, he can. He can. He can. Why do people. they travel by train and allow 
Rick and Evie to follow people. in the the dirigible, which I loved, by the way. That the dirigible, the dirigible. Uh, it was right out of Teddy, Teddy Ruxpin. Yep. That was like it had to be like a Teddy Ruxpin Easter egg. Do you remember their airship in Teddy Ruxpin? No, I don't. It looks almost exactly like um, that. But I did really like the dirigible. Why does he? Guys, have I love Teddy train? Ruxpin. Right into the show if you love Teddy Ruxpin. There is no, yeah. There's no reason he himself has to travel by train. Right? He Couldn't can... he just pop from place to place with Alex and like yeah. get the next clue and just pop and, and just appear Alex. in Amshare yep. like weeks before Rick and Evie? Yep, he definitely could. Okay. Yeah. Why travel by train? Big oversight. Um, uh, maybe he's tired. <laughs> Beast boy, you can fly. Yeah, tired. Why do you need a mo- moped? Um, I'm trying to think. Did he? Was he still doing sand stuff in the second movie? Um, he makes the giant water wall. He does make the giant water wall. So, I mean, I if he has all of his wall. powers back, I don't think he, like, travels by cyclone in the he second movie. He can control movie. The, um, the Nile. Um, Consequently, no, it makes no sense. if you look at the, the blooper reel or behind the scenes and you see Emotep walk out into the Nile, he's basically standing in a puddle. Yeah. And all of that water is CGI. I also like the blooper reel where he leaves the train and he starts doing a scene and uh, there's a plane a flying, plane flying overhead. <laughs> yeah. And like he starts to hear it and yep. it's like, uh, <sighs> it makes great audio, but I'm skeptically yep. looking up to the sky. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a great question and it makes no sense. And it was a big oversight. Okay. And it was made just for the set piece of the train. I, that was my last big cue. Which I loved. I loved the train. Yeah, I love the train too. I think that brings us to... The Yak Yak. So gross. <laughs> so, so much so vomit. So much vomit. <laughs> it was so much vomit. <laughs> and it was milky as if the Yak oh, eats milk, but a Yak eats don't grass. Remind me. Please don't oh, remind me. Oh boy. Anyway. Shades and Sketch Recommendations. <laughs> Shade, do you want to start us off? Sure. I am going to recommend another independent comic. Ooh. As you may know uh, or not, if you're hearing this for the first time, I am no longer reading main mainline DC Marvel comics. Um, I am only reading independent books, and I would love for you, the longtime listeners, to write in with recommendations for me. Um because uh, I've exhausted everything that's been in- recommended to me at this point. Uh, but I'm going to recommend God Country. This is another Chad Julian recommendation. Thank you, Chad. Um, God Country posits the story of uh, there's this this older gentleman who's uh, in the uh, stages of dementia. Mm-hmm. And he's just, a, he's just a bastard of a guy. He doesn't he forgets who his children are. He doesn't know why they're in his house. He oh, yells boy. at him, screams at him. He's just dis- disheveled, like he's unkempt. His fingernails are uncut. Yeah. And uh, he's just like a burden on his family. And uh, uh, one night, uh, out of the sky, falls a giant sword, like Cloudbuster-esque sword. Okay. Just a monstrous sword. And, uh, and, and Emmett... He walks out into the field where this just giant sized sword has fallen and he touches it and, and it's instantly healed. No. Uh, he gets his memory back. He clarity of thought he recognizes his children. He's strong again. He's vibrant. Um, he, does he get nicer? Uh, yes. Oh, he's, good. He, Thank he, goodness. Beca- he has clarity as long as he is in proximity to the sword, as long as it's touching him or on his person mm-hmm. and he's got his life back. And, and then, the God whose sword this is shows up. Yeah, wants it back. And says, you you have to give it back to yeah. me. And and Emmett asks, and he says, well, what'll happen to me if I give you the sword back? And you'll go back to the way you were. 
And Emmett looks at him and just, no. And he kills him with a sword? And, and yeah. Oh, really? And, oh, like, oh, he's was like, like a good guess. no. He's like, he fights him, he beats him, and he sends him back to like his dark side-esque or Thanos-esque father. And he's like, look, I went and talked to him. He's like, he's not giving the sword back. I, I, don't, I don't know what to do. And like a Thanos-esque god descends in Nebraska and and Emmett has a choice. He can fight and possibly like destroy the world or give the sword back and go back to the way he was. And it's just, un- it's the A, it's beautiful. Give it's drawn so Give well. me the name of that one more time. God Country. God Country. And it is, okay. it is just beautifully drawn and it's such like a great story and message. It's just one graphic novel, no sequels. Uh, strong recommendation. It's one of my favorite things that I've read this year. I, check it out. God cool. Country. Uh, for my mummy recommendation, I am going to recommend visiting the Temple of Dendur. Is that uh, at the Met? That is the that is the Egyptian temple at the Met. So if you cannot make your way to Egypt, which I have not made my way to Egypt yeah. yet, um, my wife really wants to go someday. I, so, I would like you know. to go. Bucket list item, perhaps. But um, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York City has a full Egyptian temple yep. that they... Uh, I don't think they let you go inside of it anymore. They let you go into the doorway. Yeah. So you can, you can see you the concave. When you and I went, they let you go all the way in. Well, there's also a tomb there that you can travel through. I forget the, the tomb name. It's separate from the, the, um, the temple, but... Um, Anyway, I digress. The The Egyptian collection at the Met is... It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, the Definitely the crown jewel of the collection mm-hmm. is the temple. And just the area of the Met is beautiful. It is. It's it's like the entire um, east wing of the Met. Mm. And um, it really gives you the size and the scope yes. of uh, Egyptian buildings uh, because this building was taken apart brick by brick and put back together, put back together in the exact same order. Uh, so it has been reconstructed faithfully here in the United States. Um, and, you know, New York's not out of your way. Like, you can yep. do other things in New York, too. So while you're in New York, for whatever you're there to do, I would check out the Met, check out the Egypt Wing. And if even if the only thing you go do is check out the Temple of Dendor. It's, like, my favorite place. It's beautiful. To, like, veg out in the Met, too. Like, yeah. Because I spend a long day in the Met. And sometimes you just yes, need, you like, do. to sit and, like, give your, uh, give your old uh, dogs... Just a just a second right. to just like catch the breath. It's a good place to sit and daydream. Yep. If you're trying to visualize this, uh, if you've ever seen um, when Harry met Sally, there's a great segment of the movie that takes place at the temple. Oh, does it really? Yeah. And, Never seen and Harry constructs a, a story about the hieroglyphs. He's like, I think this is a story about a, like a guy named this, and he, it's like it's ridiculous. One of the other things I like about the Temple of Dendur is all the graffiti on it. And, yes, and it's it's ancient graffiti. Yes, it's, it's graffiti it not from throughout the ages. Uh, which is just really neat to see. Um, and and all of it just says, like, I was here. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, it, it, nothing profound. Laura, Laura loves Stan. Yeah, like, it, it's like, it's what you'd expect. Imhotep loves an ox like, the moon. Yeah. From, like, like, you know, kids riding on trees. Yes, and it's but just, it's ancient. It's ancient in, in an Egyptian temple right. that has been transplanted into New York. And then behind behind the Met is Cleopatra's, Cleopatra's Needle. Cleopatra's Needle, yes. The, the giant obelisk. Which was recently re-restored. Correct? I think it was. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Some, some, a really good Egyptian collection in the United States. So if you can't make it to Egypt like I haven't yet, uh, you can at least fit that into your itinerary. Whistle up a Yeti. Have them uh, bring you there on its back. <laughs> That's my Yeti call. That was so dumb. Oh, fucking Yetis. That was, 
the dumbest thing in the entire trilogy, I think. Yeah, I'm with you. God, it just, I just, why'd you have to end it on Yetis? <laughs> Like so many better. It's what I do. Ended on. It's my superpower, guys. Uh, if you are a fan of the show, kindly uh, leave us a rating and review on your platform of choice. And I am just dumbfounded uh, with all of the players that are out there and where people are listening to us uh, these days. Um, not going to name them all, but uh, yeah, whatever works for you. If you could leave us a rating and review, and uh, please subscribe. It really does make the difference in raising the profile of an independent show like ours, I know the the new trendy thing is not having to subscribe uh, to podcasts. But uh, you, if you want to help us out, if you like what we're doing, please click that little subscribe button. It makes a difference. You can also email us at gowithshadesandsketch at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at uh, Shades and Sketch. That's or, correct. Or uh, as we said earlier, if you want to side with me on some of these topics, go for sketch and if you think uh my perspective and take on what we were talking about makes more sense to you you can tweet directly at me go for shades yeah, yeah. you can almost also find us on facebook just search the way you find out, anything on facebook yep. or uh, or just shades and sketch and uh we have a patreon we do have a patreon well th- this episode is proof that we have a yes. patreon Patreon.com slash shades and sketch. And thank you so much to our Patreon subscribers and supporters. Our our goal is simply to make the production of this show cost neutral. Yep. And to support me once my Egyptology uh, career, career falls out. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> it's on the rapid decline. It's on the rocks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for listening, longtime listeners. Wait. And uh, sketch, you gonna take anything? I... I'm taking a little bling. The bracelet of Anubis. Oh my god. I love the bracelet of Anubis. I hate the bracelet of Anubis. Uh, the, Why did you have to take that? Oh, the, well, if you're going to take the bracelet of Anubis, I have to take the spear, the ASP baton, baton spear of destiny, just in case. Yeah, I just want the... That I, is not what I wanted, but I'll take that. I just love dogs, and like I get a whole army of dogs. Oh my... Little sand dogs. Egyptian god. I wonder if I can summon them like in their puppy form. Wouldn't that be adorable? Like the the now like uh, the pygmies. Oh, the bodies, fucking yetis, of toddlers, and fucking pygmies. I had no problem with the pygmies. Uh, I didn't. Uh, they the were... first time I saw them, I thought they were silly, and then the second time I saw them, I was like, oh, they're still pretty scary. Did not like the pygmies. Reminded they me were a terrifying. lot of um, the raptor scene in Lost World. Sure, because of like the set, like the tall grass. That was definitely spoo- like stealing that. Yeah, came out I, way. But after. I really didn't mind the pygmies. Anyway, all right, yeah, uh, I'm taking this ASP Badon spear. It's smart. I will use for, which my for bracelet for some reason for good. has like the the star of the Kremlin on it. Uh, I don't. I and don't it know. and it. You know what it looks like? It looks like a trophy from like uh, one of the like a, a Cold War era like Olympic games. Yeah, I could see that. I also always saw it as a uh, like a baton. Like a parade yeah. master's yes. baton. Agree. Yeah. So we you get sketch. We got to end this episode. You could take your baton. I'll, I'm going to take the baton. And I'll take my bracelet of death. Oh. All right. Maybe we'll see you next time. Maybe we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>